What up, dingers? It's Justin Welsh from The Bait Bucket, and uh, we're out on the water today, so you can probably hear a few uh, odd noises. Um, setting the scene of um, some delicious smells on the wind coming from the Brisbane River, or as I like to call it, the River of a Thousand Stinks. <laughs> Positioned somewhere between the, uh, the smell of the gas-producing plant and uh, Luggage Point, uh, where bulk brown trout are released into the Brisbane River. And um, got a, uh, the undisputed king of, uh, of the Brisbane River with me today. Troy Marion, well known throughout uh, his deadly social media pages. Um, bulk photos of threadfin salmon and dew, the occasional GT. So uh, welcome to the podcast, mate. Thanks, mate. So, so it would be good to be here if we were catching a couple of fish. We are sitting on a thumping school of threadies at the moment, uh, of which we have done for the last hour and a half, and caught sweet bugger all, but I am on the boat, so pretty par for the course for me yeah yeah i thought i'd bring you along and you know we'd slay but you're uh, you're proving that you were a former champ and not a current champ on the river might be the sounder oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah right eh? so how we start things uh usually mate is a little segment we call what's your fishery it's your fishing history so um give us a bit of a rundown on um on where you where you started fishing and, and how you got into it and all that sort of stuff oh uh, well I think I was uh, 12 or 13, and um, my mum decided to make a move down to Nudgee Beach, which is on uh, Brisbane's north side, and yep. we're lucky enough to have uh, fishing straight off the balcony into a little creek behind our house, and um, you know, catching nothing too special, you know, fishing baits for brim and cod and all that sort of stuff, and yeah, catch sure. a few mud crabs and all that sort of thing, so got me into it. Um, so your family didn't fish much before then? Uh, Dad did a little bit. Yep. Um, not heaps, just every now and again sort of thing, just um, you know, like your average weekend punter, and I suppose that's what I started out like. Yep. <laughs> Having a quick fish every afternoon after school, throw some squid out off the balcony and catch, <laughs> catch, catch some nice brim and stuff like that. So you'd be like sitting on the couch with your nibble tip with a little yep. uh, a bell on it? I actually had a, um, a mostly hand lines sitting on the rails of the, of the balcony, <laughs> and then you'd always know you got a fish when the hand line starts spinning off. You legitimately fished off the balcony. Legit. Legit. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it was good. So yeah. where did it progress from from there? Because you're a pretty passionate young fish, eh? So where did it where did it go from there? Uh, so I probably did that sort of stuff, bait fishing and stuff, um, for up until about 2006. So I would have started fishing in about 2012. And then uh, when I, we moved um, uh, towards the water at Hamilton. Yep. And uh, so the closest fishing was uh, straight out from Brett's Wharf. So we were just live baiting off there and uh, didn't really have a target species and we are catching things like, you know, quality stingrays and bull sharks and stuff. And then so happened to just uh, fall upon some threadfin, uh, just fishing straight off the pontoon there. So then uh, yeah, I think cool. that's, where, that's where my uh, love for thready started from. But, um, yeah, and then uh, 2006, around that time, 2007, that's when I started using soft plastics. I made a mine at school, actually got me into lures. Yep. And, um, yeah, starting, you know, the usual brim, brim and flathead and all that sort of stuff. And then, uh, yeah, it's pretty much gone from there. So the one thing that probably most people who, uh, who are familiar with who you are um, sort of associate you with is, is that threadfin stuff, and that's all we're out doing now. But, you know, you, you really sort of put a, a, a shitload of time into um, smacking them in the river. Yeah. And so you're saying that started off for you, you know, basically as a bycatch to... Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
It just so happened that the uh, first time we got on them, we got three in a row, just fishing like live herring, live prawns off the, off the pontoon, and then we actually sort of didn't really know what they were to start with, and then yep. did a bit of research and found out they were big threadies. And um, at that stage, they were sort of a, a bit of a um, like a novelty in the Brizzy River. Yeah. Not, not many were getting caught then, and, and from then on, yeah, more and more people started catching them, and mainly on live baits as well. And then people started figuring them out on lures, and then and that's pretty all where I am now. Just mainly spend most of my time in the river fishing for threadfin. It's my local waterway, so easy to get to. Yeah, for sure. And it's um, it's yeah. I think we're lucky as prison anglers to have this as well. Like, I mean, I'm I'm absolutely no expert out here, but you know, for me, probably at the same sort of time as you were starting, you're kicking along. You know, I was I was out here chasing. Like we we're talking about earlier, like chasing snapper on um, on plastics. Yeah. And man, I didn't even know the threads were here. Yeah. Like you'd hear the dudes um, up the back of um, like Kookaburra Park and stuff like that. Yeah. Like old school answer dudes live baiting on one and two kilo line for, for sharks. Yeah, that's it. And they'd smack the occasional thready, and you're like, oh man, that's pretty cool. But yep. like that shit doesn't happen down here. That's a yeah, that's a central Queensland thing, or yep, yep. you know, a, a Darwin type thing. You didn't really think about it, but it's um that that revolution like down here at the mouth as well. It was unreal. Yeah, yeah. Who really knows where they sort of came from? If they were here the whole time or if they, you know, just sort of rocked up. But, yeah. you know, you'd have to think, like, when you sort of put it all in perspective, it's like pretty well the perfect threadfin fishery. It's, you know, big, dirty river, massive catchment on it, it's just similar to, like, the Mary River and the Fitzroy River up north. Yep. So, you know, you sort of think about it like that and it's, you know, identical to those sort of systems. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, and um, probably one thing that's impressive with yourself on, I guess, on, on chasing these things, Troy, is you've, been able to, to really get your head around how to catch them where we are at the moment, which is the mouth of the Brizzy River around the port, but you're equally as home, like nighttime, chasing them on lures and stuff like that up in the city reaches. Yep. And, yep. you know, like, that, uh, that's probably something that people, I guess, when you tell them, they don't believe you. They, oh, yeah, yeah, we went and caught some threadies in South Bank. Yep. Yeah, yeah, in in the middle of the river. Yep. Yeah, in, in the middle of, um, well, the, obviously the capital of Queensland, so. That's that's pretty cool to, to have a, an, an awesome sport fishery like that. It's probably something we need to preserve as well. Yeah, yeah that's it. So that's yeah, a, a, a cool thing. So what was it about threadies? Was it just the fact that they were a, a unique species that you sort of, um, you know, that you could catch here in the river, they were big, that sort of stuff. Yeah, and were you smacking a few dew in amongst them as well? Yeah, well, that's it. I think the main thing was that they're big. I think I just always like catching big fish, you know? Yep. Um, you know, whether it's threadies, dew, even GTs and all that sort of stuff. If it's big, I want to catch it, barrel. Yep. Um, yeah, that's probably the main thing. Big fish, and you know, they were actually like a prize sport fish. Yeah. And to find them in the Brisbane River when no one really sort of knew that they were there, um, that's probably the main draw card. Whereas, and then obviously you get the dew as bycatch. I think that's how we, um, we ne never really went out targeting dew. We are just fishing for threadfin, and then all yep. of a sudden you just catch deweys at the same time, and you know, and then they're not small fish either a lot of the time, so. Um, yeah, can't complain. And then we've, you know, had definitely had plenty of sessions where they're all mixed in, dew and threadies. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, over the time, you know, there's, there's sort of been, I guess, a bit of an up and down um, in the time that you've been chasing them. You know, we've gone through some flood events. Yep, yep. Um, you know, with the, what was that, 2011? Yeah, yeah, yeah 2011 like in, in, in Brizzy where we, we got it. What have you seen changed in the fishery and what do you sort of associate that with? Um, yeah, I think the... Pre-flood, like pre-2010, 2011, um, the fishing upriver was definitely miles better than what it is now. Yep. Um, I think that's pretty well because, of, I assume because of the um, 
like the salinity levels in the river at that time, like we had drought for, I don't even know how long before that. So yeah. um, up in the city would have had way high salinity levels, like maybe, maybe similar to what's at the mouth now. And I think that's why the, there was a lot of bigger fish pushing up, uh, way, you know, even past the city. Yep. Um, and I think the, the flood from then, it's, it did, it did bounce back a little bit, but the, the size of the fish definitely wasn't there. Yep. So if you went up there nowadays, it's uh, a lot of, you know, 60, 70, 80 centimetre fish. Yeah. Whereas beforehand, if you got one under a metre, it was a bit of a, a bummer, you know? Um, <laughs> whereas, yeah, and obviously I think uh, you can probably probably add a, a few nets into the mix um, and you're always going to get uh, maybe a few, uh, a few conflicting um, yeah, results, but... Um, and that's been an interesting one, you know, there's been a lot of talk, I guess, between the recreational anglers in, in our area, particularly us you know, younger guys, with, uh, with the pros, you know, this is a non-traditional commercial um, threadfin fishery here in, yeah. in Brisbane, you know, it's, you know, like we say, you know, even recreational bycatch, you just didn't see consistent numbers until, you know, the sort of the, the mid, I guess, uh, thousands. Yep. Um, and you know they obviously they got a fair whack when they moved after the floods when they moved down here to the to the river mouth and you know well, i don't know what the numbers are but there was multiple uh you know tens of tons per year that were being yeah. taken out and then like for for a non-traditional fishery you know where we don't really know where and why yeah. it's um it's, it's got to be yeah a, a, an impact yeah considering it went from from zero fish taken pretty well to yeah 20 ton a year sort of thing. Yeah. And then now it's like sort of an, even an unknown number now, um, how much they've got up to. But you know, to take, to take, to go from zero fish um, in its whole lifetime and then to take 20 ton out a year from, you know, for the next consecutive four years. Yep. You know, that's, a, that's a lot of fish. And um, you definitely notice now um, your size of your fish, even at the mouth, is, is down. Yep. Like uh, you used to get a lot of you know, meter 20s and meter 10s and all that sort of stuff a year. And now you, they probably average around that sort of 90 to 90 to a meter, mm. um, which still still is a big fish, but um, yeah, still lacking in numbers. And you know, then you get get sessions down here where you, you're getting um, you used to see a lot of big schools, and now they're getting smaller and smaller. Yep. You know, but um, they're still here. But uh, don't get me wrong, there's still plenty of fish here. But uh, yeah, it keeps going on like that, you know, you, you never know where it's really going to end up, so. Yeah, it's, it's a hard thing because we might, in our lifetime, I guess, only see this fishery, you know, be alive for 10 years. Yeah, and, that's it. And, you know, we don't know what, what's going to happen. I guess that's a hard thing from, a, you know, a fisheries management perspective on the river here as well, that, you know, there's no um, real long-term evidence of the fishery, you know, yep. what the biomass is, all that sort of stuff. That probably leads to one thing that, that you've done a lot of, um, and from what I gather from you, it's, it's come off wanting to understand more about the, the actual species themselves within that river. So the biomass yeah. within this river is, is tagging. So you're, you're an active member with, um, with Suntag and InfoFish on that, yeah. um, which you know, we see a lot of, a lot of cool stuff. How, how many um, threadies do you estimate you've tagged um, through the river? Uh, from start to finish, maybe, uh, probably Maybe four or five hundred, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> that's just pretty amazing. There's one bloke that's pinned yeah. four to five hundred tags in, uh, in in threadies. And how's um you know oh, there's a few other guys that don't. We've had Steve Morgan on the uh, the bait bucket podcast before. Yep. Uh, and, and he's gone through. He's obviously you know enjoyed a, a lot of success in chasing him again up in the river in the city reaches. Yep. And tagged a lot of fish up in there. Reese Thomas, who we've had um, previously uh, as well. 
Um, you know, those guys have, have put a lot of tags in, in fish. You know, what, um, what sort of, yeah, ex excuse the background, it's some, some bell end on a, uh, a Peewee 50 trying to do <laughs> deadly skids on a sand flat. Yeah, so. I, I seem to attract those guys when I do things like this. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, what sort of uh, recapture rate have you, have you had on those fish and have the commercials been forthcoming with any of the, the, the stuff that they've got as well? Or? As far as I know, I, I don't think they have been forthcoming. I think uh, the ones that have been reported through commercial guys uh, have been ones that have so to speak, slip through the nets and they've ended up um, getting to the shops with the tags still in them. Yeah, true. Yeah, so, um, but you know, quite a few recreation guys are still reporting them in. Um, that's one thing we're, you know, definitely keen on knowing more about. Um, yeah. Yeah, the growth rates and all that sort of thing are the big ones and where, you know, obviously where they're moving, especially because, um, you know, a lot, a lot of these fish are getting um, taken out of the system as they leave the Brisbane, mouth of the Brisbane River, so, because obviously they can't net inside the river but just outside it, so. Yep. You know, we, we want to know where these fish are going. Um, we know they're definitely moving, you know, some are moving to the north as well. And um, we've got had Jewies moving to the south, so, um, you know, are they getting done caught as they're leaving the system to, you know, maybe to spawn or, you know, yeah. whatever like that. Um, and another thing that sort of is scary is the fact that uh, we've had those two two big flood events and um, the government has learned from that, obviously, that if, if Wyvern Ho's full, you've essentially got no dam. So, uh, it's believed that the threaties need that big flood event to spawn. So mm. now that they've learnt from those two experiences that, you know, are we going to get another big flood event in the future which helps the fish spawn? Like prob probably, probably not. not. It's going to be a controlled release sort it. of the event. Yeah. yeah. So you're probably not going to get that crazy flow like we've had. So, you know, you don't really know. It's a bit of an uncertain future for the river with threaties yeah. anyway. So. And yeah, you know, it's obviously got a link to that. You look at other um, other systems where they're really strong with threaties. So the Mary River and the Fitzroy, which you mentioned as well, and I mean, the, the the Mary itself, I mean, that thing just floods yeah. every time someone has a piss up in the headwaters, yeah. you know, it's <laughs> yeah. just, yeah. That, that's got water coming down at all. And it seems to, um, to to sustain a pretty healthy population, even with the commercial pressure that it does have. Yeah. Um, and the Fitzroy is much the same now. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the net's out uh, with the, the net free zone there now is, is helpful. Yep. And Man, that fishery seemed to have just recovered. It's gone crazy ridiculous. in one season. I mean, yeah. they did get some really good water through, which probably helped out as well. Yep. But um, far out, it's like you're walking over the top of the backs of the things at times yeah. there now. You know, it's a, they really are a secondary fish to the barra. Yeah, that's but, it. But, you know, the, the volume of, um, of, of threadies caught there is just huge. Yeah. And it'd be, it'd be awesome if we could sustain that, you know, have it, I guess, in our, um, yeah, in, in our local backyard. Yeah. Uh, in, in Brisbane, but how do you balance that um, you know, requirement of, of safety with water and you know a, a commercial aspect to it as well? I mean, everyone's got to you know has the right to eat fresh fish that they purchased from a shop. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, it's a it's a tough one. It's a, it's a tough question. Yeah, yeah. Well, even if um, like it doesn't have to be a uh, you know complete stop. Like it can always just be a reduced number, but. Um, you know, just to actually make sure that the, the, the commercial fishing is actually, you know, sustainable. Sustainable, yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm not sure how their, their, what their take is on that. But, um, yeah, but still, we, we don't, at, at the beginning, we didn't really, uh, you know, we didn't even tell them that we wanted a complete stop, you know. We even suggested just a, you know, slight yep. uh, decrease in numbers, but, um, but yeah. It's a, and it's always going to be a hard thing, you know. Well, I guess that that balance again between recreational and, and commercial side of things, and, and particularly say now the, the the political nature of it with 
them actually being, you know, locked out of three areas, yeah. three key areas in Queensland, which yeah. is a great win, I guess, for us as recreationals. But you know, it, it, there's there's livelihoods that are at stake there on the yeah. on the commercial side as well. So yeah, for sure. It's um, politically, it's a challenge. So Troy, the other um, other species that you you seem to get a bit of a hard dick for is um, <laughs> is GTs. Yep. And um, it's pretty cool. I mean, you've you seem to have this ability to, to lock into a particular species and really get your shit sorted on knowing how to chase them. Yep. And you know, jeets, and particularly jeets locally here yeah, yeah. Um, yep. through southeast Queensland, is, is, it's been pretty cool. So where did, where did that come from and what really pushed you to, um, to get your head around that? Uh, well, I'd always, well, obviously I think I did a couple of trips north to Stanage Bay and yep. um, up into Cairns and all that sort of stuff and that's pretty all what gave me the bug. Um, and then I've come back and, you know, targeted sort of, sort of similar areas to how I was uh, fishing up there. Let's and, go over um, here, this is where the threadies are. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, like I'm pretty well, after I've come back from those trips, I convinced my missus old man to, you know, go have a couple of sessions out off here. And, you know, just doing the same sort of thing we're doing up north. And yeah. just, you know, uh, started off with lots of small ones. We're getting lots of little fellows, like, uh, you know, nothing over sort of 10 kilos and then um, just, Slowly progressed from there. Figured out that the um, uh, where the bigger fish were slightly hanging out, and realised that um, the big fish definitely, definitely, definitely don't come easy. Yeah, you, you, you're out there for probably, you know, sometimes two days, two whole days, and a night uh, fishing for just one fish a lot of the time. Yep. Um, but uh, they're definitely out there, and uh, yeah, back to I think southeast Queensland's probably got some of the av biggest average size. So yeah, I think that's why I like fishing down here a lot. Um, put a lot of time in, and uh, you don't necessarily get a lot of fish, but you um, you get the big ones usually. So, folks, threadies. Yeah, lots of threadies. <laughs> so, what's um what do you reckon the average size fish is off um off this part of the world? Oh, uh, down here probably um Three. thirty kilos is probably. You know, your average one, you do get a lot of smaller ones than that. Um, you know, sort of 20, 25 kilos, you know, which is still a pretty big fish. Yeah. Um, but yeah, down here, it seems to be 30 kilos. If you're getting one um, under 30 kilos, it's generally like a below average one. But, That's amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, so it's, it's good. Definitely a good average size. You go north, further you go north, it seems to be a lot more, but you get a lot smaller fish. Yep. Even on the trip I've just come back from, the um, biggest fish there was 32 kilos, but we caught a lot of them, so, you know, sort of made up for it. Yeah, and... Um uh, what sort of bycatch are you mainly getting in, um, uh, you know, in, in the sort of local stuff? Like obviously Spaniards are one that everyone sort of talks a bit about, but yep. is there any other pretty cool shit that's, um, that's eating your poppers and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. You get uh, pl plenty of sharks if you like Captain Sharks on poppers. Yeah, true. No shortage of those things. Um, there you go. Yeah, sharks and uh, you get the odd sort of red bass. I haven't been lucky enough to get one. Or a wahoo. I haven't, yep. haven't got one of those ones yet casting. But um, yeah, wahoo and red bass besides Spanish, um, are probably the main ones, and then sharks. But, um, you know, uh, the GTs are definitely the main, main draw card. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you mentioned you just come back for a trip, so um, give us a rundown of that. So you, you, you did a, a trip on that Big Cat, um, yep. and where was that? What, what reef system was that on? Yeah, Big Cat Reality. So we, we did a, a six-day fishing trip, so it's a one-and-a-half-day steam out, one-and-a-half steam back. Yep. Um, and then you get six days fishing in the middle between that. Um, yeah, re that was Wreck Reef, and then we went to Fredericks Reef. Uh, it's pretty, pretty unique sort of uh, operation they got going on there. Um, being able to take your own one of your own private boats, uh, you know, to the size of about 1,700 kilos or whatever. 
you got one? You got one? Nah. No, I don't have one. Fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, so and obviously uh, they've got six, six tenders that they crane up onto the ship as well. Yep. And you're pretty well let loose, so there's no, no <laughs> guides or anything like that. So you find your own fish. Uh, big cat, they're pretty good with all their logistics. They get you there and then they literally let you loose and say, go, go find some fish. That's amazing. Yeah. So, and that was, um, you know, predominantly popping and, um, and jigging and that sort of stuff. Was that what you were, you were doing? You weren't just bottom bashing? Yeah, popping, stick baiting, um, jigging, a little, little bit of plastic works and stuff like that. Um, plenty of the guys troll. We did a little bit of trolling as well. Yep. Um, if you want, definitely if you want to get some numbers out there, trolling's the way to go. And it's, yep. A lot of the time it seems like you, you couldn't troll 100 metres without getting a hit, hook up, you know, something like that. Yeah, nice. There's definitely plenty of fish out there. And um, um, what was the biggest jeet that you got in that trip? Uh, biggest DT for our boat was about 32 kilos. Yep. Um, you know, lots of lots of that 20 to 28 sort of stuff. Um, you know, no, nothing to be sneezed at. But, uh, yeah, the main thing I went out there for was trying to get a Wahoo casting, but I still didn't get that. <laughs> but a uh, mate of mine did, Dylan. Yeah, so, sweet. Good on you. Yeah, and you got a bunch uh, bunch trolling though? The who or the who a bit quiet? Uh, who were a bit quiet uh, for us. We were trying to stick to the casting game. Um, yep. The guys that were trolling definitely got a lot like, a lot more who than us. Yeah. Um, and the doggies as well, jigging. Uh, a lot of the guys, we got a few jigging and then a lot of the guys trolling got them as well. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And, um, and um, the probably a lot of people sort of, and I'm, I'm much the same as well, you know, you want to get into that style of fishing, and yeah, it is achievable. We just said that you know, if you've got a you know, got a, a seaworthy boat, you can get out off here and chase that sort of stuff. But, yeah, that's it. You know, what's um, what sort of outfits are you are you throwing for that? So, do you have something different for your stick baiting that you do your popping? Uh, outfits are similar, like real size, like you know, it's not like an eight thousand Saltiga or a um, eighteen thousand Stella, you know, yep. that, that sort of size. And then um, I. I I like to run uh, quite heavy compared to a lot of other guys. I run 150 pound Power Pro as my main line. Yep. And then, you know, 200 pound, 220 pound liters. Um, and then, yeah, the, the only thing that really varies is your rod. Um, you know, softer tip for the stick baits and then, a, you know, nice stiff broomstick I like from my popping. Yeah, if you get that, that big pop. Yeah, yep. it, easy, a lot easier to work the lures that way. Yeah, true. But, um, yeah, so, you know, it's, you probably, you fork out a little bit um, at the start for that sort of gear, but, you know, it's, it's a workhorse sort of a, sort of a combo so yeah you know it's it's, it's uh well not get, only that you're, you're also trying to, out of it, so. yeah you're trying to break the back of a fish that um that pulls like a uh a 15 year old with a playboy yeah. so you know like <laughs> they um yeah, yeah. They, they got a bit of stink to them so you sort of need the gear to be able to handle it that's it trying to stop fish that shouldn't be stopped yeah so. spot on <laughs> yeah absolutely um phenomenal thing i just i wish i had more time to chase them yeah so one of the other things that you've been doing a fair bit of um of, of uh, the last year particularly is um, chasing the old barras. Yep. Um, throughout what seems like from what we're seeing on um, on your socials and stuff like that through um, your uh, through the Mary and also a little bit in the Fitzroy. Yep. So what's um, what's what's been the, the driver for that? You sort of wanted to lock into another species or? Um, yeah, I think I've always had a slight obsession with barra. Um, I think. Obviously, when I first started fishing, actually, I used to do a little bit of fishing just at the Barra Park at Blah Blah there on the Sunshine Coast. <laughs> and I think that's what got, started, got me started on Barra. But um, I think Barra is just one of those things, you know, they're an Aussie icon. So I think everyone in the, you know, in the fishing industry strives to catch a, a big yeah. barra, barra, whether you're from South Australia or, you know, the Northern Territory. But um, I think that's pretty well just where it's come from. And uh, places like, you know, the, the Great Sandy Straits and, and the Mary and stuff, that's the closest I've got for barra fishing. So yep. that's, you know, that's 
the main reason why I've tried up there. Um, once again, like the fish aren't as plentiful as what you'd probably get further north, you know, like Cape York and stuff, places like Weeper that I've been yep. to. Um, but your average size is generally a lot bigger. So, you know, once you work them out, it's sort of, um, it's a bit of a trade-off. You know, once you work them out, it's definitely worth the effort. Uh, yeah, and you've got a four hour, five hour drive every yeah. year up there and back. Um, you know, I only to fish from them for a couple of sessions on a weekend or something like that, you know. But, uh, I know once... the feeling, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you go a lot further than that. Normally. Yeah, I'm, I'm addicted to those things. And at yeah. the moment, with stupid Brisbane traffic on a Friday afternoon, it's a nine to 10 hour drive yep. to, uh, <clears throat> to fish a Saturday and a half day Sunday and drive home. But, yep. You know, you just, there's something about those chrome things that just absolutely smash up. And yeah, you just that's get, it. It's so addicted to them. And it's funny when you, you come to the Brisbane River and you, you want to catch threadies, and then when you go there, the last thing you want to catch is threadpin, <laughs> but somehow you always end up catching threadies. Yeah, they always get in the way of a barrel. They're bulk threadies too. Yeah, yeah. Like we're sitting on so many fish at the moment and just looking at the sounder consistently as we're fishing, and it's just, you know, little, like you say, little patches, but, you know, fish that are frustrating and obviously. Yeah, you know, one of the things that you're saying, and I guess you know, the punters will sort of you know, trying to get a bit of info as well. But yeah, you know, we're sitting here at the moment. We've got quite a few fish that are suspended off off the bottom. So we're in 14 meters of water. Fish are suspended off the bottom, probably two or three meters. Yep, yep. And you're saying that you've really struggled to be able to get those fish to eat. Yeah. So it's, especially in the Brisbane River, I've been to places like the Fitzroy or yep. um, the Mary, where those fish can be four or five metres up off the bottom and then you simply just slow roll a lure through it or jig a lure through it and they eat it. Whereas in the Brisbane River, it doesn't seem to happen like that. Um, pretty well, if they're about two metres or more off the bottom, you might as well drive to another spot and try and find some more fish, you know, yep. or wait for those fish to, to start feeding hard down on the bottom. Whereas like these, um, the Brisbane River fish, the easiest way to catch them is when they're, you know, literally so hard to the bottom that they look like they are a rock the or on the bottom, you know. Yep. Um, and that's why it's probably, probably the hardest uh, thing for people to fathom and when they see a lot of fish a lot of action on the sounder doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the easiest fish to catch yep. but a lot of the time like the big really big schools that are suspended uh, generally a lot harder to catch than maybe a small school of like two or three fish that's hard on the bottom yeah okay so. and and because of that you're fishing fairly heavy lures right on the bottom so at the moment yep. where um like i'm fishing a, a just a metal vibe yep and um trying to stay in contact with the bottom you're actually fishing a micro jig yep that's it so just trying to where we do come across fish that are hard to the bottom just trying to stay in in, in front of their face but um, obviously the the other thing that we see you throwing a lot around is the thready busters yeah so your soft plastic vibes, vibes yep. yeah and you, you just find that through action or like uh, you know that i think i think anyone arguably anyone would probably tell you that the number one lure for a brisbane river thread fin is a soft vibe yeah um yeah i think the don't know what it is probably just the I don't know the actual action. It's not like it's not quite a soft plastic. It's not quite a metal vibe, but it's still got a bit of both. Yep. Uh, natural feel and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, it just seems to be the number one killer for for the threadies. You know, obviously you got to mix it up. Sometimes they're not not wanting that. Jigs and blades obviously still work, and plastics. And obviously the um, you know regardless of the brand, that sort of profile is pretty similar to the herring that we've got in here yeah, as well. Yeah, herring and so, those little those little anchovies, which are pretty unique yep. to the Brizzy River. So. Yeah, yeah, and that's you see them like you know when we fish in the winter up in yeah. town that's it old, yep. you know in in the city in the city you see those yeah those, those weird ass anchovy big mouth looking. thing with a brown tail brown top and then silver yep. sides yeah pretty similar to a herring you could just say Good and side. those fish are on the bottom pretty close and we're sitting over them and they won't eat and, and that's eat. frustrating so, so you'll get them 
chip at them, you'll, you'll find one. Yeah, I've got the um, the the gill net in the back of the boat, oh, yeah. so we should be sweet. Well, they seem to work pretty good. Yeah, we'll just string yeah. them up soon. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Better get a feed for tonight for all the all the family. Yeah. <laughs> no, we'll just ship them to Sydney. <laughs> oh yeah, well, that's great. That's yeah. a good way to <laughs> keep the uh, the fish local. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, what what's in your yeah you? you, you you're locking onto these these couple of other uh, these fish, these barrows and stuff like that. But um, is there a couple of other species that you you're sort of pretty keen on at the moment that you're trying to crack a code on? Like one you mentioned was obviously the wahoo on um, on top water. Yep, yep. Um, is there anything else beyond that that you're sort of like, man, you know what? I really got to have a have a crack at them. Yeah, uh, for sure. It's got to be a blue marlin, I think. Yep. That's uh, probably nearly, I'd say, even higher than a wahoo casting. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, blue, blue marlin on the trial, even you know. Doesn't really matter how I catch it. Um, I've had a lot of uh, quite a few encounters with them, but I just haven't been lucky enough to get one to the boat. Um, yeah, th those things I think are probably the you know the ultimate sort of sports fish. That nothing really runs like a blue. You know, mm. even especially in comparing to the same size sort of black marlin. Yep. There's still nothing compared to the same you know a blue marlin. Yeah, those things wrong the with mental, their head. Oh yeah, they're psycho. Yep. You know, fight to the death sort of thing. Um, yeah, cra crazy fish. Uh, you know, obviously I wouldn't mind a swordfish, but I don't think <laughs> a, a blue marlin's probably the, that's my limit at the moment. I think. But there's got to be a, it, like, on the swordy side of things. Like the guys down south, so it started. You know, obviously you know, I was here. It's Tassie uh, again. It's yeah, pretty well yeah. just worked its way north. Yeah, you know, like and the, the boys are working them out. But mate, the biggest um, commercial swordfish fishery off Australia, uh, off the east coast, was Mooloolaba going yep. back. You know, 10, 12 same years out. ago. Yeah, 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 in bulk, yeah, you know, and and obviously they they fished it pretty heavily, and you know a lot of it's gone. But yep. sit there and go, man, there's got to be an opportunity that we could um, potentially get some sorties even off um, off the Gold Coast or off um, off the Sunny Coast or yep. Cape Morton, you know, yep. all that sort of stuff as well. And I think, I think it's definitely definitely achievable. I think uh, just a lot of guys uh, probably haven't put the time in yet. I think once people start, yeah, you know, cracking the code, so to speak, yeah, they'll, uh, <laughs> yeah. They'll uh, you know, start figuring them out. A few guys have hooked them off the Gold Coast and lost them, and you know, even even more down south, yep. like further, you know, towards Sydney and that. Yeah, so, yeah they seem to, you know, be relatively consistent from sort of coughs down. They're yeah. starting to see quite good numbers. That's so. it. I don't think, really think that the country that they're getting it from really varies too much up here. I don't really think surface temperature really plays a part either. I think mm. down that deep, it's probably you'd think it would be the same sort of cold temperatures that they're getting them in, you know, or similar temperatures yep. they're getting them down south. So oh, for sure, and. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously the, the work that they've done over in Florida and places like that for, for deep drop swords, you know, they're doing it both day and night now. Yeah. But some of that has to, you know, potentially have the, you know, some effect over here as well. And obviously the boys in New Zealand have, um, you know, been yeah, on top of it for many years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, um, that's, that's for sure. Yeah. But back on the blues, um, you've had a little bit of experience. If, uh, a little um, bit. Yeah, you dropped a dropped a few fish from what I gather over the last twelve months. So yep. that's uh, that sucks, mate. Yeah. But uh, you got to be got to be pretty close um, from there, you know. And and are you, are you just trolling for those fish? You're. Um... Yeah, haven't haven't strayed too far from trolling lures yet. Yep. Um, you know, I've, I've thought about uh, skip skip baits and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, a few people told me to run skip baits in the spread, but uh, so far just trolling lures. Lost, you know, experimenting with rigs and all that sort of stuff. So yep. I think I've got it how I like it now. Just got to try and, you know, get a few more fish to bite so I can see if I can keep one on. But, um, yeah, definitely, definitely the day I catch a blue marlin, I'll be very happy. Well, I'm, I like my switch baiting, so I'll just say hashtag 
Hooks are for kooks. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, um, I think it's, yeah, it's a, they're certainly an, an amazing fish and man, they're hard. Yeah. The, yeah. the power on those things is, is, is phenomenal. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's always a time thing, but uh, yeah, I'd love to spend more time chasing oh. those things. But. Yeah, that's it. So, uh, I guess to uh, a little bit off the, the back of that, uh, you know, one of the things that we uh, we often chat to people about is is, is the bucket list. You yep. got one day left on Earth. You can go fishing for anything, anywhere, with anyone. What would you do? Where, oh. where would you go? You got one day left, and you can go anywhere and do anything. And the common denominator seems to be tarpon on fly in uh, yeah, on the flats. Oh, I don't know. Um, oh, it's, it's hard one. I'll probably, I think, probably GTs or threadfin are probably my favourite ultimate fish. Yeah. Um, no one's barking fine. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I'm getting it away. I don't want it. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd probably actually say pop, popping for GTs. I love it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, can't get enough of it. Eh? It's, um, yeah, you never really know. You know how ridiculous the next fish is going to be. Yep. Like uh, seeing some of the big fish out of here has just been like mind blowing. How big some of them are in probably some of the you know most pressured waterways in you know offshore Australia. Yeah. Um, and there's just massive fish just hanging around all these boats that are you know casually fishing for baits for snapper and all that sort of stuff. So you know just ridiculous how big they are. But that's probably GTs on poppers. I reckon probably gets my vote. Yeah. There you go. Yep. That's um, yeah a visual thing. Can't. Yep. Um, can't complain that. So to uh, to finish uh, things up, is there is there anyone that uh, that you're associated with or you want to thank or um, or give a shout out to? Yeah, probably uh, like to thank the guys from Navico Australia. They've been they've been awesome with yep. me. Um, uh, TT Lures as well, uh, and Platypus Fishing Lines. They're probably the main guys that helped me out, and they've um they've yeah, been legends with everything. You know, wouldn't catch half the fish without you know the gear that they yeah help supply. So fantastic. That's yep. awesome. Well, Croy, thanks for your time on the uh, on the bait bucket. No worries. Uh, been a, uh, a good guest, but I'm, I'm pretty shitty that you haven't put me onto a threaddy so far. Uh, it'll happen. <laughs> Just have to restart the auto once you're hooked up. <laughs> there we go, yeah. yeah. Add, add that little bit in. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, um, of course, you're listening to us on the Bait Bucket Podcast. Um, if it's the first time listening, make sure you jump on and subscribe. So, whatever your podcast um, app is, whether it's Stitcher or iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever, Make sure you subscribe and you're following us to um, to make sure that you're getting the, the first uh, listen to, uh, to each of the episodes that come out. So um, as always, uh, get out there, enjoy your fishing, and we'll catch up with you next time.